welcome to Ramble Radio. It's been a while. I'm Will along with Skyler. Uh, our other two co-hosts have taken the night off. We've taken over the podcast for another Star Wars end of year recap episode. That's what we're going to be working on today. Sorry, you guys haven't seen us in a while. You know, life happens. Um, you know, the holidays and stuff, of course, keep us busy. And uh, co-host Austin is currently working on moving into a house. So uh, he's been busy with that. And for those that have been listening for a long time, know that, you know, him and I have been roommates together in an apartment. So with him moving out, now I got to, you know, buy some furniture, move some stuff around, all that good stuff. So we have all been busy between the holidays, working holiday hours, house hunting, house cleaning, house moving, rearranging apartments, fighting with coffee tables that get shipped to the wrong house. That could be a rant podcast for another day. I think I got a good rant for maybe the first 2023 rant. But anyways, uh, an episode we've been wanting to do forever, and we figured this would be a good way to end uh, 2022. Uh, Skylar and I wanted to give our thoughts finally on Andor, Tales of the Jedi. And next week on January 4th, we're getting Bad Batch Season 2. So kind of looking ahead to what's coming out in Star Wars in 2023. So just a chill Star Wars episode here with your two coolest co-hosts, Skyler and Will. Skyler, how you been, buddy? I've been doing well. Doing well, man. Um, really excited to talk Star Wars, as I always am. Even, I mean, sure, you know, when we're not on the podcast, that's like half of what we text about. So, And then when we... When we get together in person, that's like half what we talk about. <laughs> yeah, so. honestly, it's like it's not even really a surprise what we're going to bring up to each other today. But uh, it's always fun to talk about it. And, you know, who knows? We'll see if, you know, if you've thought of anything new since then or the last time we talked about I was driving to the city for a work party and I was having Siri, you know, text everything for me. <laughs> yeah, so I remember that. Able to, hopefully it made sense because sometimes she just here's what you say and, and types out something totally different. I went back She's and looked trying at to make the you chat. look bad is what it is. Yeah, well, you know, when you're driving on to Dan Ryan, you got to be focusing, you know, two hands <laughs> on the wheel. So, but uh, we'll start with Andor. I mean, that was the biggest show and arguably like, you know, so much more to unpack compare, compared to Tales of the Jedi, which was still pretty darn good. And Skylar, I'll, you know, pass the torch on to you to start off with. But what were your thoughts on Andor, which was a full 12 episode season um, that came out earlier this fall? You know, what were your thoughts on it? Man, the that I, I just I just want to start by saying that show kicked ass. I mean, so it was very different from what we're accustomed to seeing in Star Wars. But man, like it just it it was so fun to look forward to every week. Like I mean, it's you know when you're a Star Wars fan like like we are, obviously it's you know good to look forward to any shows. But man, Andor just it just felt it just felt good and like you knew every every episode was going to bring something suspenseful. Like, I think that was one of the best things about the show, just like the suspense um, and the the level of... I, I don't have another word for it, but just the way that they the, the writing handled suspense, I thought was perfect. Um, I mean, obviously, Star Wars has been suspenseful before, but never quite like this, where it's like, it feels like, even though it's not very big in the grand scheme of things. Like there's a lot of small things happening and it's not, you know, focused on the Jedi or the Sith or anything. It's not like big scale, but it, it still felt like, okay, the, what, what's happening right now is high stakes, especially the, the heist on Eldani. Like that was, that was really cool to see the culmination of that. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I love the show. I, 
I mean, recency bias is definitely a thing, but I would have to say Andor is probably my favorite live action show so far. Um, I'd say Mando's very close behind, and it depends, you know, where they go with the next season. But yeah, overall, super happy with Andor. I thought it was, I thought it was really well, well produced. Yeah, I think what people really liked about it uh, the most is the fact that it was something different. It did give off a different feel because um, there were always rumors. I think George Lucas did have a show that that was really early on in the works about kind of being in the era of the Empire. Uh, it never really panned out or anything, and that was like the only time there was ever a somewhat of an attempt to make like a a tv show star wars type of tv show like that so i think a lot of people were excited to see something like this and i've always thought that yeah it would be cool to you know get like more of like a spy thriller secret agent you know warfare type of show where you know it's you're really looking at the rebel alliance and their their fight against uh you know the empire so we definitely did get that and you know, some people say that Cassian Andor is a character who really cares to get his own show. I've always thought he was pretty good. Um, I mean, Rogue One was just such a great movie that 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 movie alone would make me want to see anything related to the characters that were in that story. And Diego Luna is a fantastic actor. I've seen him in a couple of other things that I've been a fan of. So and his acting was top notch in this show as well. And I'm happy. For one specific thing is, you know, something I cried about all year with Book of Boba and Kenobi and every, you know, some of these other shows that have come out, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel and whatnot is stop giving me like a one and done show. Stop giving me like six episodes where they're all 30 minutes long. Well, we got 12 episodes and they were usually about 40 to 50 minutes, close to an hour. I mean, there was really no short episode that I could think of. So I was happy about that. Um, I think, you know, I'm always a little you know, critical with plot things like, you know, I know when we did kind of our early takes of Andor after the first, I think maybe like five episodes, I think we reviewed up until like the heist happened, like the, so mm-hmm. the first almost half of the season, you know, looking and again, I know hindsight's twenty twenty. looking back on it now, did we need all the uh, flashbacks of him as a kid? It didn't really seem like it unless they revisit that and his sister in the second season. Um, personally, think the heist was that heist scenario was a little too long just because, again, hindsight 2020, when you look back at uh, that whole situation at when they're at the camp and they're prepping and there's so much focus on these characters that end up uh, dying or, you know, a plot twist where one guy's not really in it uh, for the sake of the galaxy. He's in it for himself and the money and his whole sob story is a lie. Um but I mean, ultimately, the heist was fun. Everything, the buildup, even though maybe I have pacing issues, the buildup to the heist, the buildup to everything happening in the prison and the pre- prison escape. And then, you know, that finale when they finally start to rebel uh, on Ferrix, that th- those everything played out well at the end of, I would say, those three main arcs or story arcs in this first season. Um, curious, what are your thoughts on that? And just like characters like Luthen who's a new character and then a returning character like Mon Mothma, who obviously is a, plays a huge role. One of the top leaders to start the rebellion, but also to lead it, you know, years down the line when the fighting actually happens. Yeah. Um, I think, well, for, to first to answer your question about Luthen, I think Luthen is such an interesting character and it's really crazy to think how important his character is. And we didn't even know about, I mean, I'm sure he was created for this show, but, we didn't even know about this guy until now. And it's like basically all think about all the things he's responsible for. Like 
a new hope technically probably would have never happened without Luthen to kind of kick things off. Like we don't know quite the scale of things yet, but it seems like he has his hands in a lot of different things. Um, I mean, he knows pretty much every like different, I wouldn't say like rebel, but you know, anti-empire um, like figurehead, um, you know, like Saw Guerrera and Anto Krieger, who unfortunately uh, is, is killed in this show. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't show it, but, it's just it's wild how important his character is to the grand scheme of things. Like even in the movies, not just the show. Like going forward, um, but yeah, I mean the 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 character, like the, the way they um, wrote each of these like new newer characters, and the way they um, showed Cassian, kind of how how different he is from Rogue One. Because I think what is it like five years before Rogue One? I think it was. Yeah, I think so. A handful of years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's really interesting, and yeah, I I kind of agree with you on the um the stuff like when from when he was a kid, uh, I can't remember what the name of the planet was, but like with the you know his sister and stuff, that was it was weird that they didn't seem to they didn't really go back to it outside of like I think that one scene where it's like him looking at like the the sunset, um, but I it 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 will be interesting to see if they see if they touch any more on that in season two, but who knows? Um, so like little things like that, it's like, okay, yeah, I probably could have done a little more, but you know, overall, I think they, I think they really hit the nail on the head with this show. And like people that were looking for just a good, a well-written star Wars show. That's not necessarily the same thing that we've been getting. Um, I think we're probably extremely happy with this show. Um, and I mean, obviously, you know, me, I'm, doesn't really matter what it's about i'm gonna watch it if it's if it's star wars so yeah i was i i really can't say enough good things about the show but uh it, it was a little slow obviously when we were talking about building up to the heist um but as i've told you before i, I think there's a bit of a trade-off when you're wanting to create that suspense you do kind of have to have a little bit of a slow burn and then you know like pay it off so Obviously, the payoff was good, but yeah, the pacing was a little slow at the beginning. Um, as good as it was, I was a little bit skeptical, you know, in the first couple episodes. But you know, the the way that the way that heist episode went was really really cool. I think they paid it off well. Yeah, and um, I will say again, one of the reasons why it is a unique show and why it stands out is because of the serious tone to it. I mean, Luthen is not necessarily a good guy. I mean, they sacrificed that band of rebels. Um, they, they, you know, he almost, you know, almost like he has like a little dark side in him. You know, people, it's funny. You go on the internet and people are like, Oh, is he a Sith or was he a Jedi? I'm like, I don't, I don't think it's that deep, but it's just going to show you that realistically in any kind of war and any kind of conflict, there really is no good and bad side. Both sides fight for what they believe in. Both sides do horrible things because sometimes you have to make, sacrifices and trade-offs and and do the unthinkable in order to succeed or survive and i think luthan's character and what he provides to the story shows you that i mean even his like philosophical debates with saw guerrero which i'm glad to see him again in the show you know they both kind of have their own way of going about starting a rebellion and building this thing and and how to carry out actions and you know luthan thinks people are expendable well you know saw seems to kind of care more about people um, and, you know, and again, just those different philosophical beliefs on how you fight and how things should be run. That was interesting. Like I tried the one thing I tried to do with this show 
you know, even, you know, even though I was kind of like, as it going through the journey of every week watching, it, I'm like, I wish I want to see, you know, Cassian's plot, you know, get, you know, go a little bit quicker. I want to see like, how does he, how does he tie into the rebellion? I didn't realize in, that the whole season was really going to build up to that, which is fine. Um, but it was just really interesting to just even listen to the dialogue. I tried to take it as in like, okay, I'm watching Game of Thrones. I'm watching House of the Dragon where it's like there's a little bit more politics in the show, not just necessarily action. Um, you know, with Mon Mothma talking about, you know, how she's going to fund this rebellion, how she's going to cover it up, how she's going to move this money around. And then she has to make a sacrifice of her family at the end mm-hmm. um, to to really get it going. So like things like that, I really did appreciate. And another thing is the the new aspect this this new look on the empire i mean yeah we got stormtroopers and everything but to see the you know the security bureau and see all these agents and people that are keeping an eye and keeping tabs on the planets and the security and and keeping an eye on those that are uh sparking rebellion it just it's really cool i mean you know dedra actually is one of my favorite characters um, I, I just like the whole aspect of like it's that cat and mouse game of like it's the security versus the secret agents and whatnot. And if you want to kind of relate it to real life, I mean, as we always talk about, you know, George Lucas made the Empire based off of the Nazis and the uh, ISB is just like literally the Gestapo, which is the people that ran security for Hitler and the Nazis and did horrible things as well in real life. So that to have a you know, it is a good representation in the show of what that's like. And we see that how they, you know, interrogate people, they capture people, they torture people, things Mm -hmm. like that. So, you know, as much as we love to see, you know, Vader on the screen, chopping up rebels, like in, in the hallway in in rogue (laughs) one, realistically, there's a whole army out there. And while he's doing Palpatine's bidding, you know, he's, you know, and and hunting down remaining Jedi, there's gotta be other soldiers and generals and people in charge of, you know, maintaining order. So we see that in this show. And that's, again, one of my favorite parts is not even the start of the rebellion, but also just seeing more of the empire and not always being dumb. Like all the stormtroopers can't actually hit their targets. Like, you know, the, the rebels think they're sneaking around and they're doing okay. And the whole time they've been, you know, keeping an eye on everybody. And they got, yeah. got to some people. So, yeah, I mean, I there, like there's that. a whole galaxy outside of just what, you know, um, Palpatine and Vader are like working on. I mean, there's the Empire is literally ruling the whole galaxy outside of like certain systems. But yes, I mean, there's a lot more going on than just what we see in like a New Hope, you know, Empire Strikes Back. Um, and you kind of see that obviously at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, how it's like everywhere around the galaxy people are celebrating. Um, but Going back to going back to Luthen, one thing I wanted to say is I love how in Rogue One they kind of hinted at those like the dark like origins of the of the rebellion, and I I just I love I think like Luthen is the figurehead for that. Like like you said, he's kind of got that like Sith energy, and it's I guess his whole philosophy is like the greater good, right? You know, sometimes we have to make sacrifices for the greater good, and. His, you know, he's sacrificed, you know, he said he sacrificed his own life, basically, sacrificed the lives of all of Anto Krieger's, like, crew and, and Anto Krieger. It's like, it, he really is in it for the long haul. And it'll be interesting to see how, I, I don't know exactly how far ahead season two is, like, supposed to jump, I guess we'll see. But it'll be interesting to see how his character plays out. And I'm really wondering how long he makes it alive, because... You know, this is the first we're hearing of him. 
And, you know, obviously there's no, he's not in rogue one. So I, we don't know if he's behind the scenes or maybe if he's, if he's dead. Um, so that'll be really, that's like one thing I'm really excited about just to kind of see if his story does have an end and how that's going to play. And he also was willing to kill Andor, you know, for being a witness. Oh to, yeah. You know, like the last surviving witness to the heist. So, you know, they, they team up at the end, but there could be some underlying conflict there between them. And we've seen in both Rogue One and in the beginning of Andor's show, you know, he blasted those two, you know, cops right away in the in the first episode. You, you saw him blast his own buddy when they were trying to escape with the plans or whatever in Rogue One mm-hmm. because the guy was hurt and he didn't want to like so. Luth the and Luthen has the same. Yep, Luthen has the same energy too. So yeah, you know, we may have a scene where they're both drawing their guns on each other, their blasters on each other, sometime in the next season. I have a feeling that Luthen doesn't make it out of this show. I, I feel like it's will. either going to be some kind of like he's there's going to be a shocking twist where you know Cassian or some or Mon Mothma somebody's not going to agree with or saw agreeing with the way Luthen wants to do things and they have to kill him in a conflict. Or or maybe he does take maybe he gets the heroic sad death of, you know, he sacrifices himself or they go into a battle or some kind of mission together and he doesn't make it out. Well, you know, we'll see. But yet he definitely has the makings of a character that's going to go out, but go out in a big way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I I didn't really touch much on Mon Mothma. She's a very interesting character. Obviously, like when I when I was a kid watching Star Wars, I'm like, I don't know who the hell that is. It's just some some lady that's like kind of in charge, whatever. But like I, I love how they, because she also makes an appearance. I think we talked about it a little bit in uh, Star Wars Rebels, the animated series. Um, but like we don't really know much about her character, and I think I, I love that she's such a big part of this show. And it seems like it's only going to get bigger. Like eventually, the Empire's going to find out because she's not like because she's like just a sender right now. People don't really know she's like actively working against the Empire. So it'll be interesting to see when and how people find out that she's literally like a figurehead of the rebellion. Like I just, but yeah, it's wild. Like I really like those scenes of like her talking to um, Perrin, her husband, and then talking. I can't remember the the one guy, the other guy that's from Alderaan. Or no, they're not from. Why did I say Alderaan? I is it what is it? Shandrila? Whatever planet they're from, he's like the guy that was like the older guy that she was always talking to. Um, but yeah, really, really interesting, really interesting scenes to watch. Yeah. Shandrilla. Yeah. You're right. I did do a little fact check. I don't there. know. Yeah. I, I mean, she was talking right. to, I think she had a, she, she talked to a couple of people. I think she had um, her cousin who helped her get in touch with that other guy who, you know, what he wanted in return was for, you know, her daughter to marry his son and, and practice the old school ways of, of their people and their culture, which, you know, you could tell she kind of hates and despises. So again, it's what what is the show telling you and showing you is that you know, in order to spark a rebellion, in order to start a movement, that there's got to be some kind of sacrifice. And yeah, uh, I and I do like that the show kind of took that because finally we don't get this a lot in Star Wars. Like I know we had senators and we've seen the chancellor and the senate chambers and things like that. Like it it did it's played a role in Star Wars, but like in this series of a tone and especially with again you it's the government but in the background there's people that want to rebel like Mon Mothma, she's trying to find people that one time she's speaking in the senate chambers, all the senators they're in their little pods, they're going back and they're leaving as she's trying to 
don't know if she was supporting a bill or or something like that. And, you know, a lot of people were disgusted with her. So she's not a not a fan favorite right now. Yeah. And who knows? She may eventually get on Palpatine's, you know, hit list. And I can't remember if in like the like if she eventually defects from the Senate and she's just like a full time rebel, you know, rebellion leader. I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, rebels. I would assume so, because once it's known, I mean, she would be killed instantly if they yeah if she stuck you know stuck stuck around <laughs> in rebels um i remember the the whole like the the main characters of the of the show have to basically go like rescue her because she does like defect and she basically just leaves the leaves the set i don't know how i don't remember exactly how it all happens but that's basically like the official kicking off point of like she is done with everything coruscant and everything to do with the empire but yeah i mean like yeah i just I do love that she is getting the spotlight in this show, or a spotlight in this show. I mean, obviously it's called Andor. Most of the focus is on Andor, but she's got a really big part. And I think that's, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I, I will say, I do wish they could have maybe accelerated and did a little bit more with her plot in the first season. Cause I felt like it was a lot of the same thing. Like, okay, what are we going to do with this money? How are we going to hide it? How are we going to funnel it? You know, are they catching on to me? How do I cover up, you know, my tracks? You know, who do I talk to? Who helps me? Like, I felt like within those 12 episodes, like that's what it kept being until at the very end is, you know, when she's going to make the family sacrifice essentially to, to get that help from that one guy. Um, But I was like, I, I, I wish we could have maybe seen a little bit more, like see that process like unfold actually, or, um, and again, this is just, out of for my pure entertainment just the thought of like a cool scene like uh it would have been kind of cool to see like her in the senate like kind of facing off with palpatine like palpatine's giving a speech or something or that that blue guy that's like his assistant or whoever he is i forget his name but like i you know i could picture her like trading words back and forth with him too so a little bit more of the politics i think would have been cool but either way i did like the fact that you know they they're showing you this the early days of the rebellion that had the you know spark from politics along with some conflicts going on this podcast is sponsored by just be coffee roasters just be is owned by your very own co-host xavier along with his uncle just be offers many blends from around the world for personal use fundraisers and business partnerships just be uses an eco-friendly and sustainable approach to everything they do Oh, and by the way, they offer free shipping for orders over $50. Check them out Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 400 Fisher Street, Unity in Munster, Indiana, or call them at 219-789-8354. Their email is sales at justbe.coffee. Just Be, locally roasted coffee, driven by community. you're listening to ramble radio be sure to follow us on twitter and tiktok just search ramble radio and look for our great purple logo to find more great episodes be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on anchor.fm spotify apple podcasts google podcasts amazon music overcast pocket cast Castbox, stitcher and radio public we now return to ramble radio so how about we talk about tales of the jedi then because that actually came out like right in the middle of uh andor and that was a a special day filoni kisses uh six episodes <laughs> of more great star wars content 
uh, that focused on you had some more Ahsoka, her as a as a baby. You had her at her training with um, Anakin, a really cool like in the Clone Wars era, you know, time period again. Then you had her, you know, the light her life after you know Order sixty six. And then my favorite were the episodes that focused on Count Dooku and Mace Windu and showed uh, Qui Gon Jinn and and things like that too. And and really just Dooku, like wh- why and how he turned from being a Jedi into a Sith. And again, those are my favorite episodes. I just think really cool uh, to kind of fill in the gaps of and, and explain that storyline out. What did you think of Tales of the Jedi? Well, first off, I mean, anything that they do in the style of the Clone Wars animation is usually perfect. So, I mean, they could just put a bunch of bullshit out there. And as long as it's animated that well, I'm going to be super happy about it. I mean, it looked... Somehow, I think it looked slightly better than season seven of Clone Wars. Maybe not as polished because they probably, you know, it's a smaller, it's only what, six episodes, but it looked really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, the I love Ahsoka. She's probably like top three characters in Star Wars for me. But yeah, those, those Count Dooku episodes were really interesting because obviously we don't get much of his backstory in the movies. We just kind of get, Okay, he's bad guy. Uh, they don't really explain too much of like what his motives are, um, but yeah, I mean the the Duke episodes were really good. I thought it was um, really good to get Liam Neeson back, um, the voice acting for Qui Gon Jinn, and then I know his son did the voice acting for like young Qui Gon Jinn. Um, so like Liam Neeson's son in real life did that. So that's that's really cool. It'd be interesting to see. I don't know exactly what um, his son looks like in real life, but maybe like a live action younger Qui Gon Jinn. I that I don't know how old he is, but I think that'd be that'd be pretty cool. But yeah, overall, I mean, it was a it was a really enjoyable little little show. I mean, I watched it I think all in one day. Um, but I think that's I think that's the cool thing about the animated series. Usually, you can just watch them super quickly, and you know it's it's always it's always a good time to watch. I love the animated shows. Yeah, I remember binging them one day, like all six of them before work, because they're only about like 15 minutes long. And, you know, they do a great job with, you know, filling in a full story there for, you know, a a 15 minute run for each of those episodes. And again, I like I I hope because, again, even with this, the title of the show, Tales of the Jedi, you could definitely do more mini seasons of this, too. And I think it's just cool to be able to. You know, take a character like Count Dooku, who was so influential, so big in his short time in the prequels. And, you know, he was a focus, obviously, in the Clone Wars. But it's like there's just so much more to him. And probably the most interesting aspect is not when he's a Sith, not when he's fighting in the Clone Wars on behalf of the Separatists. It's really like what why did he turn? Why did he change? And that's one of the biggest things that I think the Clone Wars like we never knew until the clone wars came out and then even in this show really showing you that the flaws of the jedi they they screwed themselves over they shot themselves in the foot and no absolutely somebody like count dooku like at the end of the day yeah you know he turns bad but again like we talked about earlier at andor is are you know not every not all the not the, the good guys aren't always all good the bad guys aren't always all bad so it's very uh you could kind of interchange some aspects of both the the sith and the jedi or you know the republican the separatists and and that matter so just seeing like how the arrogance of the council saying you know as soon as qui-gon gets killed because nobody really believed that you know darth maul was the sith that 
they were talking about until, you know, him and Obi fought him and then, you know, Qui-Gon got killed that set him off. And I think those are, those are such big moments. Those are such impactful moments. And that's why, like, I know people want to move on from the, the trilogies and move on from the, you know, from the saga and the Skywalkers, but I, I still think there's some stories there uh, to be told. So, and I think a show like tales of the Jedi or even tales of the Sith, maybe you can even do uh, some more animated stuff that focuses on storylines of, you know, some of the bad guys of star Wars, especially the Sith, you know, Palpatine and even beyond Palpatine. So I, I was all for this show. I, I'm not going to lie. I probably liked it a little bit more than Andor just, and you know, cause you and I have talked about this a million times. I still, as much as I, I like Andor and I'm personally totally okay with having, um, a nice combination like we're having right now with, you know, you have brand new, brand new shows and storylines and characters like the book, uh, like with Andor and the Mandalorian. And then you have, you know, Kenobi and the book of Boba where you're still getting those legacy characters and, uh, you know, those, you know, expanding on their stories, things, you know, the before and after that of the things they did outside of the big events of, you know, say the, you know, the trilogies or the clone wars, you know, whatever it is that they, wherever they fit in. So I think we, we have a good mix of that right now in star Wars. Um, but I definitely not going to lie stuff with the, the mythological lore of like the force lightsabers, Jedi Sith. Those are things that I really do like. And uh, I hope we get more of that. And mm-hmm, that's why I'm too. excited for, and we'll, I know we'll, we'll get into this here at a moment too, is uh, getting into like, you know, what's, what's coming up in the horizon, what's coming out next. So uh, yeah, those are just the reasons why I enjoyed uh, tales of the Jedi. Did yeah. you have a preference over, I know you love everything, but did you have a preference? Like, did you like one more than the other or? Um, I would say, I would say Andor definitely more than, um, more than tales of the Jedi, mostly because Andor was like a full, full length show. I mean, we talked about how, like, I was, one of the first like Disney plus projects that was 12 episodes. I mean, that was the, in the runtime on the episodes were, was pretty good. So I would say for that reason, uh, I'd probably go Andor. but yeah, tales of the Jedi was very good. It's just, I don't think it, it didn't feel quite like a, like a, a full show, if that makes sense. Um, but what, one last thing I was going to say about um, tales of the Jedi. Well, I got, I guess I got two things. So one, the scene after Qui-Gon dies and, Dooku's at the tree, like outside of the Jedi Temple. That was just, I mean, it really, there wasn't much to it, like, because he, he's talking to Yaddle. There wasn't much dialogue, but just something about that scene was very tragic. Like, it was just, it, it like, I think you kind of feel, um, I mean, because it, it's uh, obviously Qui Gon dies in Phantom Menace, but you can almost like feel that, feel the impact of that in that scene. It's just like how Count Dooku, do, Count Dooku is explaining it. Um, it. It's like, it's just super sad. And then one other thing I was going to say is uh, I love how in that, I think it was the first episode with Ahsoka. Was that the one where they're like, hunt, where she's hunting with her mom? It's it's interesting, the parallels between Ahsoka in that, that like tiger thing and um, Grogu with the... I can't remember what it was called, but like the the big like beast thing, and he basically like you know how he just picks it up. Like I think it's interesting the parallels between Ahsoka and Grogu there, and then obviously we know in Mando they meet. So it's like, yeah, I, I think that was I think that was kind of intentionally done. How they, however, Dave Filoni wrote that. I don't know how much he um, had to do with like that that part of Mandalorian, but 
yeah, re- really, really cool, really cool elements. And yeah, like you said, the the mythical kind of stuff of Star Wars, like those are all that's Star Wars staples, the lightsabers and the force and all the, you know, we can even touch on the midichlorians, uh, but all that <laughs> stuff is very interesting. And yeah, th- yeah, obviously Andor was kind of lacking that at points, but uh, overall I would say Andor was, was my, that would be my preference of the two, but I'm, I'm curious, what would you, if you had to give each of them a, a, a rating out of 10, what would you give them? I would give Tales of the Jedi a nine out of ten. Um, Andor, I'd give a seven out of ten. Again, for, the only thing with Andor for me is again, I I just have like story pacing and and plot point issues in terms of characters and like situations and the scenarios that went out. I I did like it. I thought it was pretty solid, and I think there's a good chance um, that season two even picks it up and you know might even change you know help me change some of my stances and tales of the jedi again i know it was a, a a small sample size of what we could get again i think it's the true star wars content um and just and just really well done and i know of course it's a little bit of my bias but uh at the end of the day solid i i will say i think star wars ended 2022 in a more uh, in a better state at least where everybody still feels pretty good about the content compared to i know Boba had some contrasting opinions. Kenobi had some contrasting opinions in the first half of this year. So um, I think, you know, it's it, again, Star Wars is kind of rocky up and down because it's a goofy fan base. But I think we're, you know, going into 2023, we're in a good uh, spot right now, especially with uh, all the content that's supposedly coming in, you know, within the next 12 months. And uh, yeah, let's go into that now. Let's talk about what we're going to be getting in 2023 from Star Wars. Uh, we have, again, the Bad Batch Season 2 coming out in a few days, technically, on January 4th. March 1st, we have The Mandalorian Season 3. Then March is going to be a banger because then I believe it's either March 16th or 17th. I guess it depends on what console you're on and the release days or whatever. But we get, uh, you know, the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Now we're at Star Wars Jedi Survivor as Cal Kestis' story continues. I know a lot of people are hyped about that. Um, some other shows that technically don't have release dates, but there is potential to maybe get them later on in 2023. Another season of Star Wars Visions. There's Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. One of the most anticipated shows for not just me, but I think everybody is Ahsoka. And then what they did announce at Star Wars Celebration this past summer is Skeleton Crew. Nothing really out there on movies. I know the the Rogue Squadron Patty Jenkins movie is really on the back burner, maybe even canceled almost at this point. Taika Watiti, I don't think has even written his movie yet. So we're probably looking at at least another year of shows coming out. So again, we know for the first three months of the year, we're going to have, you know, some bangers with Bad Batch season two, Mando season three and a video game too. So that's going to be really good. I'm curious, Skylar, out of these things I'm mentioning here, are th- what 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 things are you you looking forward to most coming into 2023 with Star Wars? Uh, I'm I'm biased because I obviously you know I love the the animated series, but I would probably have to say probably Bad Batch season two because I I really enjoyed the first season. I I don't think a whole lot of people talk. There wasn't much talk on Twitter about it. I I I don't follow a whole lot of Star Wars pages, but I see a lot of Star Wars tweets. Um, I didn't see like that many people talking about it. I mean, it, you know, it's not a live action show, so it doesn't draw as big of an audience. But I'm just excited to see where they go with it. It look the trailers look really good. Um, but and then like close, very very close to that is Mando season three. 
it's going to be really interesting to see where, obviously, like where they go with it. Um, there's a lot of different routes they could go from here. I mean, there's not like a clear, a clear cut route. I mean, we know it's going to be Mando and Grogu, but outside of that, we don't really know too much. The trailer that we saw didn't really show too much outside of um, him and Bo-Katan. But uh, it, yeah, I mean, Mando should. I'm, I'm hoping that it's as good, if not better, than season two. Um, and I, I've got faith in um, John Favreau and Dave Filoni that, and everyone, all the other writers and directors. I'm sure they'll do a good job. I'm sure. I mean, it's pretty much complete at this point. I'm sure they've done a good job with it. I'm excited to see it, but uh, I'll give the slight edge to Bad Batch season two, just because. It's animated, and I I really liked I really enjoyed the first season, um, but and then one thing I wanted to mention I didn't play uh, I I've started Jedi Fallen Order haven't actually finished it that's on my to do list before March comes around, um, but man Cal looks really dope with that beard uh, he he looks like he's rocking that beard in this new like I, whatever picture that is I don't know if it's like the the cover of the game, but he he's he's really rocking that beard I, I'm proud of him. He's, our our boy is all grown up now. Yeah, I mean, it looks like he's seen seen some shit. He looks <laughs> he's, like he's, he's weathered. Yeah, he's he's a little weathered. And then, of course, you know, Star Wars. You know, you always have to have the companion, um, you know, droid. So you know, BD's looking pretty fire himself. Um, and of course, I already have you know pre purchased deluxe edition shit. Like it looks like of you could wear like on Solo's like attire or. Uh, even like I think it's I think it's Luke's yellow jacket like when they celebrate after blowing oh, up the Death yeah. Star. Um, there's like uh Jedi, like a lightsaber hilt and then like a blaster you could get. And that's one thing too. Like they keep showing off pictures of a blaster. So I don't know if they're going to add a little bit of like uh, shooting combat, which you didn't have any of that in the first game. It was all using the force and using um, the lightsaber. I am really looking forward to that game. Um, I, what I do hope with the game is. And I think this was a big detractor why a lot of people either didn't finish the game or didn't at least like the first half of the game is, you know, I know it's part of the story and everything where you have to, you know, grow and develop him as a Jedi and whatnot. Like he didn't just have all his powers. So, you know, you get your ass kicked in the beginning of the game. And a lot of people compared it to being like Dark Souls, Star Wars. And I kind of agree with that. I mean, it's not really like Dark Souls, but like in terms of the movement being a little bit tight and like you're the way you're fighting, like you're not just fighting at times you're fighting like a mass of stormtroopers or other enemies on whatever planet you're on. But sometimes there's like these monsters or like little boss battles where it kind of gives you that feel of like combat and boss battles, that, that type of stuff that's in like a dark souls game. So seeing where they take the story next and, you know, now, I mean, I'm sure just like all games, you know, you have to level up and you buy skills or purchase uh, abilities with skill points or whatever. We'll see what this game has to offer um of course you'll have to build the character out a little bit but i i hope we go in this into this one no you know obviously we should know how to use the lightsaber know how to use uh force abilities like i i, I hope it we're not held back with just getting your ass kicked because it's just part of the story like you know it, it's uh, a young guy that doesn't know what he's doing yet so i hope they the start of the game isn't as slow and as tedious as it was in the first game i think that'll keep people uh, engaged with the game and finishing it and hopefully even maybe bring on more people to like the, the second one. So again, the first one was good. It was a different type of star Wars game that we haven't gotten before. And, and Cal Kestis is a really good character. I mean, some people were hoping to see him be the one to show up to train uh, 
you know, Grogu or, you know, will we see Kel Kestis in any type of show or movie in the future? Or I think even some people were like, oh, would he come, you know, would he find Kenobi or something? Who knows? Some people are still like, oh, it's, you know, his storyline kind of matches up with the storyline, you know, the time period of Kenobi. You know, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Darth Vader did make an appearance in the first game. So, um, that you know, it, there could be something that crosses or ties together. But yeah, it's nice to have a Star Wars game that's other than Star Wars Battlefront because it feels like that's all we've gotten over the years is Star Wars Battlefront. And um, I'm definitely looking forward to Bad Batch Season 2. Uh, Mando Season 3, I'm glad it's kind of confirmed that, you know, we have Grogu back in the saddle with Mando. So they're going to be the, the tag team duo again. And one of the future shows, again, that we don't know when it's coming out, that I would say is probably what I'm looking forward to the most is Ahsoka. Rosario Dawson has played that character in live action very well in a short amount of time so far. And uh, I just want to see what she's been up to. And there's been a lot of rumors of people getting casted to be other characters from Rebels. I know you're a big Rebels fan. I'm a pretty big fan of it, too. So as much as I want to see Ahsoka and see more of those Star Wars elements of the Force and the lightsabers and Jedi and whatnot, being able to see Rebels characters in live action, and there's some rumors out there that we might see a live action Thrawn, I'm ready for it. If we see Thrawn, we better see Ezra. That's all I'm saying. Because Yeah, that's... well, they should be together, potentially, depending yeah. on how they write that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I... The okay, because like I mean, people for anybody that hasn't watched Rebels and spoiler alert if you if you haven't and you want to watch it, but um basically at the at the end of Rebels, Ahsoka's whole mission from then on is to find Ezra. So basically it in obviously in uh what was that in Mando season two, she's looking for Thrawn. Well that that's gotta be the whole reason she's looking for Thrawn because Thrawn is with Ezra. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, if we see Thrawn, we better see Ezra. I, I mean, we basically have to see both. Um, it would only make sense that we see both unless somehow they got separated. But uh, yeah, that Ahsoka should be should be really good. I've seen some like I, I don't know. I guess you'd call them like set photos. Um, I don't know if they're really supposed to get out, but it they look really interesting. And it's yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. How, what what of these um, rumors of people being cast? Like how much of that is true? Um, but because I even saw something about I can't remember her name, but a younger actress that's supposed to be playing like a young Ahsoka, maybe in like some flashbacks. That would be really interesting to, to see if they did that. Because I mean, I know a lot of people didn't had some issues with Kenobi, but to see um, Hayden um, as like you know, like a, I'd say Attack of the Clones era um, Anakin when him and like Obi-Wan are training, that was really cool. Um, so if they can kind of find other ways to do flashbacks and live action, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. And also I think if we do get Thrawn and some of these other characters, I think um, it would be great to see, well, you know, Lars Mikkelsen voiced him uh, in Rebels, but I would also love to see him play him in like live action or even his brother, you know, Mads Mikkelsen too. Like they both just kind of have that look, you know, they're going to have to get painted blue, but um, (laughs) they just really play roles like that. Well, and I've seen Lars play like villain type of characters in other shows. He was um, in the Witcher. I think he still is technically in the Witcher played a great role. He also played in house of cards. He played like 
the Russian president. So basically that shows version of Putin and it was just phenomenal. So I really think he could play the role of Thrawn pretty well, even in uh, live action. So I'm absolutely uh, hoping to see that. But and, you know, even visions, I'm not a big anime guy, but visions was pretty cool. And I'm I'm willing to again, I'm at where I'm at with Star Wars is I want to just watch everything at least once, you know, even if it's not something I love or if it's controversial or something like anime, it's something I'm not really into. I'm going to check it out because it's Star Wars, you know, yeah, give it a young chance. Jedi adventures kids show, but I know you're happy that I recently fin- finally watched Star Wars resistance, which is like another uh, animated, you know, probably the, one of the more fo- kid focused shows out there, but it had some fun stuff in it. And I mean, once it really got going in the second half of season one and then all of season two, I mean, it's, you know, them, the resistance fighting the first order. It, it really, it, it really ended up impressing me. It was better than what I expected. So, and skeleton crew, I don't, we don't really know much about it. So I could be another show that surprises us. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, yeah, skeleton crew. And then what was young Jedi adventures? Uh, mm-hmm. what do you know like really what's i don't mean to put you on the spot do you really know like what that's about because i i remember seeing something about it but i i really don't know what it's supposed to be um i, I don't really know animated? either I, i'm looking right now i i don't know if it's like i i think it is anime okay um it's this all i know is it's the story of like younglings as they go on adventures starting their journeys to become jedi knights I, i'm I, huh. the vibe it gives me is like you remember those couple of clone wars episodes where ahsoka's with the younglings as they're building their lightsabers yeah, exactly and i think they get attacked of. on the ship um that and might be the, what it is. i'm trying to even look up images the droid see. friend that helps them uh like build their lightsabers <laughs> yeah there is um yeah like if you go on google images there is a picture of yeah it's definitely it's almost like a pixar animation if these are oh, if this really? is okay. truly what it is i mean um, I'm, yeah, i'll definitely like watch Yoda. it like like you said, I mean, if it's Star Wars, you kind of just got to give it a chance. Like, I know you touched on the fact you're not super big on anime. I'm not really big on anime either, but I really enjoyed Visions. I I'm really looking forward to. I love see that what, what else they do with episode. it. And I the I think my favorite part about Visions was not necessarily the show itself, but the fact that they had all these different studios work on different episodes and the different art styles and, you know, the different like ways of storytelling. I think that's really cool. So if they keep, if they keep doing that, I'll be, I'll be happy. I mean, it, they could probably do that for like five seasons and I'd, I'd probably watch every bit of it and be happy with it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, and uh, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Uh, the, well, um, the acolyte. I don't know if you touched on that. Yes. At all. Good point. No, I, I keep forgetting that one, that one. I, cause again, just from like the lists I've been looking up, they don't really mention it as something that's coming in, 2023 now and granted yeah. let me just point this out too technically who knows how much of this is coming out next year because um i mean you know we were supposed to get bad batch in september we were supposed to get tales of the jedi well tales of jedi came out at the right time but it was supposed to be like i think like andor and then bad batch and then tales of the jedi they were going to really pack in the fall which we still got you know two shows which is awesome but i you know they've they've moved around mando they've moved around bad batch so I feel like we may get something like Ahsoka in like May, like summertime. And then maybe we end the year with like visions or young Jedi adventures or skeleton crew. Um, but, but the acolyte, I'm glad you bring that up because that might be the first show we really get in-depth focus on the dark side and the Sith. Yeah. And I, I don't think, I think it's not long before the prequel trilogy happens. I want to say, I saw something that said it was like 
50 or 60 years before um like revenge of the sith somewhere around there so it, I, I i could be wrong but it seems like it sounds like it's going to be pretty much during the time of like plagueis which is i don't know if like the show will really involve him but it'll be interesting to see that that show for whatever reason has me really intrigued because as we know there's not a whole lot of focus on the sith and the dark side when it comes to like um, anything outside of like the books. I mean, we mostly get stuff on the Jedi, like in the movies, but uh, it'll, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And I know the, the, the girl that played and I don't know if you, have you ever seen Logan? Um, the girl that played like the Logan's daughter, technically like Wolverine. Um, no, Jr. but I, but I heard about that and people are pretty excited for that. Yeah. I, I, she, I mean, she, she was really young when she did Logan. Um, I don't know how, I'm not sure how old she is now, but, I mean, she she did a great job with Logan, so I'm really interested to see like what kind of character she plays, because uh, it sounds like she's going to be a pretty big role, if not the biggest. So yeah, and you know, again, it's a show we don't know a lot about, but it's like really, it's supposed to be like a mystery thriller thriller that's going to kind of focus on like some secrets and dark side powers and stuff. It's supposedly in the era of like the end, the final days of the High Republic era, so. And it okay, might even so that, okay. Maybe yeah. that's a little bit longer ago than uh than like yeah. And like I, and these people might be like former Jedi's or former Padawans or something. I mean, again, there's not a whole lot of information out there, but you know, when you follow podcasts and YouTubers and stuff that talk about link uh you know leaks and and stuff like that, you know, you have to take them with a grain of salt. But you know, it just makes you wonder, like you know, what what the heck can this be about? I you know they they've done a fantastic job with like. Count Dooku and Palpatine and you know Vader, you know the 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 main cast of of villains in Star Wars. But you hear the lore, you see in comics, you, you see and hear in novels and books. You know all these, you know Plagueis, Revan, all these other Sith Bane. lords that Bane, like when they were really powerful and before they did that stupid rule of two, two stuff when there was. You know, a bunch of them An you know, present. Like that's what I'd love to see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I look I, one of the biggest things I'm asking for one day, whether it's a show or a movie, and I don't care if it's live action or animated. I, I actually love to see it in live action because I, it, you know, I know it's it's easier to do an animation, but like I would love a show during the time, like during the like the actual like Jedi versus Sith Wars. I don't I can't yeah. remember what they were called, but like, can like you imagine? huge battles of like yeah. lightsabers going at it. Like yeah, like a battle, like a like a hundred Sith charging at a hundred Jedi. I mean, something that, like a big battle you could picture from like anybody that's watched Game of Thrones or has watched Lord of the Rings and and stuff uh, like that. You know, <laughs> Braveheart. I mean, get Mel Gibson. Yeah, <laughs> he can play. He can play a pretty good Sith nowadays. I hear so. You know, so or like I was just doing. Um, I was watching some endgame clips uh recently and like just how when they charge to start the you know the final battle at the end like just that's just that shit's cool just when you're running to get a star wars version of that oh my goodness i don't know if i'd be able to live through that so i'm I'm calling i'm calling kathleen kennedy tonight and be like listen (laughs) i need 100 jedi (laughs) and 100 sith charging at each other in some field or in some warehouse in hollywood make it happen for me please please (laughs) So yeah, I'm I'm excited for that again, I, and I'm really excited. I know we talked about, it, but I just want to bring it up again as the game, you know, Jedi Survivor. I mm-hmm. 
you know, there's that Jedi or Star Wars Eclipse game that. Oh, that's going to be like three years from now. Uh, yeah. And knows? if that even comes out, who knows? You know, it's tough to really yeah. get excited for video games today because they overpromise and underdeliver all the time. But, you know, if, if this is what we get for now, I am I'm absolutely cool with that. And as much as I love Star Wars Battlefront, it, it's time to do something other than a multiplayer shooter, I think. For, yeah. Uh, Star Wars so something like uh, Jedi Survivor is going to be great and I know for Skeleton Crew a lot of people are excited because you know we're talking about uh, cat, you know casting for like Ac- the Acolyte and whatnot you know he's going to be I think he's in the main role for Skeleton Crew you know recently he's been in the F- Fantastic Beasts movies he's been in Sherlock Holmes he's been in and who is that uh, Jude Law Oh yeah, also yeah. On Captain Wasn't Marvel in, too. Um, yeah, Captain Marvel. I was gonna say he was the mm-hmm. one uh, Kree guy. Yeah, so yeah. people are hyped up about that too. Um, going back to the the Jedi Survivor game, it, you know, it's kind of I, I feel bad that I haven't finished Fallen Order yet. Um, I, I really have only played I think about an hour of it. Um, it's one of those games that I'm not a huge fan of the type of game, but I love the story. So if I could like sit down and watch someone play it. Or maybe, I don't know, it, it, I don't really have an excuse not to play because I have the game. Like, Sorry I have to spoil it. that Darth Vader makes it Oh, appearance. no, I, I've seen I've seen clips, so you, you don't have to worry. <laughs> I, I, I have a very good... It's been like three years, happened. so I shouldn't feel too bad. Yeah, no, you shouldn't because I, I should have played it by now. But, uh, yeah, I really have no excuse not to play it because I own the game. But it's like one of those games that I just want to pull up on YouTube and just watch someone play mm-hmm. through it. Because I really enjoy the story, just that type of like combat game. I don't know if I'm, I just don't know if I'm big on, but I, I will say if you could get through the first couple of hours, I would say the first 25 to 30% of the game is, is where it's tedious when you're learning this stuff and you got to like, you know, as you're running, you know, through the map or whatever planet you're on, like, you know, you're like, okay, I can't fight that big guy yet. I, I'll get him on the way out, you know, because I have to go, you know, you end up learning another power or you get some kind of ability, you know, at the end of the mission that take, you know, on the other end of the, of the map. So if you get through the first couple of hours, it does pay off in the second half of the game because then you could take on things because you're strong enough. You have the moves and abilities. You know what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, I would say the first half of the game, I, I know it was I actually stopped playing it for a while, too, and I revisited it you know, months later or whatever. Um, but but definitely worth it. And then, of course, when you get those cut scenes and there those moments where it's like you feel like you know you you grinded to get to that cool cut scene or that cool moment so yeah um when you're done with i know you're playing assassin's creed valhalla when you're done with that i know that that's you know that game, game. Took, that game might have taken me like 90 hours that was a and, hey, stuck at home pandemic game and i gotta go around and loot everything because if i don't do that i'm gonna i'm gonna miss out on something so i gotta <laughs> i can't even just play through the main missions i have to go around and loot everything i will tell you you don't you'll be you'll survive if you don't do all the the like the, i think they're like blue and yellow dots on the map where yeah. like the blue are like random encounters i i mean they're cool maybe they do the blue ones but you don't have to get every piece of loot because you can upgrade it's been like two years since i played that game but i remember being like i eventually stopped doing it because i'm like i i literally still put 80 or 90 hours into it solely playing the hell out of the story I, and there's so much dlc i thought like oh do i want to maybe you know buy the dlc and like just revisit it i have no desire to play that game again i really don't yeah <laughs> so and i'm glad as much as i'd love like a, and i always say this you know a star wars game that's like skyrim open world all these decision making things i still want that but i'm also glad we're getting other things first 
because yeah. the the open world games are just killing me lately. You know, on, on the PlayStation 5, I've been playing a lot of like single player, like narrative based, you know, things lately. I'm, I'm playing the Uncharted series right now. I'm almost done with it. And it's just oh, yeah. it's nice to just be like, I got to go that way. I'm just going that way. I don't yeah. have to go stop in this cave. I don't have to go check out this town. I just got to go that way and <laughs> climb a mountain and solve a puzzle to get into the ancient temple of doom or whatever. <laughs> so uh, that I'm OK with. And then yeah, well, you know, I, Fallen Order. I definitely, I, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Fallen Order the chance it deserves for sure. And I, I want to get it done by March, so when that game, when the new game comes out, I can actually just play it and jump right into it. Um, and, and you know what? That would be your motivation. Yeah, that, yeah, that could be that, your motivation exactly, to I was get like, through it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna use it for motivation. Like, I, I it's taken me two years, or I don't know how long the game's been out. It's taken me that long, and I haven't finished it. So this new game coming out, I guess I'll just. uh I'll use that as motivation and get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah, and then you'll when you go into the new game, you'll be used to the controls and everything already. Because for me, I'm like, I'm gonna forget. I've already forgotten how to do all this shit because I haven't played the game in a god. It's probably been a year or so now. You know, ever since I beat it. So for me, it's tough to depending on the game. It's tough for or how long it's been. It's tough for me to like go back and and replay something. So you know, as much as I I do have on my Xbox the old OG star wars battlefront games downloaded but you know at this point they have not really aged well it's been like 15 years or more <laughs> yeah. so but but you know they're fun to play and check out but it you know you want you want something new so uh i you know i'm just a little disappointed that we're not knowing anything about movies i have no idea if they're going to surprise us and be like hey we got a movie coming out december 2023 or if it's going to be 2024 the rumors i've heard again take them with a grain of salt we may not get a Star Wars movie until supposedly 2025. Taika hasn't yeah. written his movie yet. And again, it, and it's, I think it's a real shame. I would love to see a Rogue Squadron movie, like a, a Top Gun space battle dogfighting, you know, focusing on the spaceships, uh, the fighters and all that. I think that would really be cool. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about Patty Jenkins. So hopefully maybe that gets solved or, or fixed in the future, because I would absolutely love to see uh that move i i just want to see movies in general you know i oh, we yeah. need a movie to come out so we can move on from the the sequel the sequel trilogy crap already because i know yeah people just we all keep talking about it because that's the last time we got movies yeah exactly yeah I, i'm i'm also I, i'm in the same boat as you I'm, I'm a little disappointed about the movie thing but i'm just hoping that this means they take their time they flesh things out better they plan better and make more cohesive stories I think that's like the biggest thing. As long as they do that, I'll wait until shit. I'll wait until twenty twenty six. I don't. That's fine. I just want to make sure whatever we get is well thought out and well written. Yeah, I will say if it's going to be like a another trilogy of of some sorts, if they're going to do a two or three movie th- story, that I'm definitely cool with waiting a couple of years. You know, take your time to write and develop and. Make sure you know what you're going to go, you know, what you're doing in the second movie after the first movie. Maybe don't have 25 directors and right. Yeah, maybe use the you same know, director for the, you know, maybe, movie. yeah, let's go in with the same cohesive vision. So we're not playing tug of war and taking out what everybody did, you know, that pettiness that happened in the sequels. Like yeah. they learn the hard way, but I hope it's there's lessons learned there to where we yeah. can have some good movies uh, and good content and production and writing going forward. And, um, I will say my last little bit of analysis here that something I've thought about recently too is, is maybe they need to make a couple of shows like Andor and Man- Mando and like, you know, that these are going to be shows that we're going to have for three to five years. 
and maybe slow down on how many shows you make so you could start investing time, money, and resources into a couple of movies because I get it. They have their hands full. It's all hands on deck with, you know, running seven to 10 different shows at this point. So as, as much as I like visions and I like, I like the idea of everything that's coming out. Maybe they need to find three or four shows that they could do multiple seasons of and keep those running and work on those. And then you could start developing some movies too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that there does, I mean, that's going to have to be what happens. They're going to have to kind of, cause it, it's great to get all these shows, but eventually it's going to come to the point where it's like kind of got to pick one or like have a little, you know, a little bit less shows so they can have, you know, so they can actually work on movies. But, uh, yeah, it, it's gonna be. I, I think I think twenty twenty three is gonna be a really good year for Star Wars. I think, I think right now it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, maybe like a year or two ago, it probably wasn't the greatest, but uh, I think it, I think we have a lot of good things to look forward to. Um, and I mean, what more can we ask for? Star Wars is more alive than it's ever been. I mean, we've got the most content that we were we've ever gotten coming out. It's like who would have thought? You know, back in you know, back in 2015, who would have thought we would be getting all these shows? And obviously, you know, we got to wait a little bit for movies, but who, who would have thought we'd be get, getting this much Star Wars content? So I don't, I can't be, I can't be too upset as long as they're, like I said, as long as they're well made and they're thought out and cohesive, I, I don't really care how long things take. I, I'll, you know, if they have to take a little bit of time off from things and, um, do, you know, do some writing and production, that, that's fine. I just want to make sure whatever they come out with, is going to be intentional. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. And, uh, but I want Ahsoka right now. Okay. If yeah. That's not coming out <laughs> yeah, May of 2023. Can, I want to have that come out right with Bad Batch season two next week. That'd be great. Come out tomorrow. Come out tomorrow. I don't care. That's <laughs> tonight. I'm, I'm down for it. tonight. Soon as we, soon as this podcast ends here in a minute, we'll be, I want it right Disney now, Plus. right now, release it for me in my, in my viewing area only. <laughs> uh, but that about wraps it up and that's crazy to think that is another year the first full year of ramble radio wrapping up here uh we thank everybody for listening you know shout outs to xavier and austin as well our other co-hosts that will join us once the craziness of the holidays is over um we're excited to see what content we could come out with in 2023 and of course remember to follow us on twitter and tiktok look for the great purple logo of course you can like and subscribe to this podcast on really any platform of your choice anchor.fm spotify apple and google podcasts amazon music iHeartMedia, overcast Pocket Cast, Castbox, Stitcher, and Radio Public, and check out Xavier's coffee business, Just Be Coffee Roasters at JustBe.coffee. Him and his uncle own that great establishment that helps fuel me for my long days of work and working on this podcast as well. And a shout out to you, Skyler. May the force be with you. And may the force, may the force be, be with you. Yes, I mean, the force be with every. I feel like I'm a priest now at church. May the force be <laughs> there for all of you. And we hope you all have a great end to your 2022 and a fantastic start to your 2023. We'll see you next year.